Hello everybody, welcome to NWC Podcast. NWC stands for New Wave Cinema. Today we have two guests. So first, there's Monish and then there's Terry. Guys, please introduce yourself. Hello everyone, thank you for um, listening to this podcast and thank you Lingis for inviting us here. My name is Monish, I am a yeah, student filmmaker and an amateur film critic, so that's me. Hello everyone, my name is Terry. And I am a student filmmaker, but also working in short films uh, along with my other friends. The first question I have for you guys is, as a young director, film critic, and a fan, you guys do a lot of stuff, I know. <laughs> do you guys think Hollywood have become heavily reliant on nostalgia or in layman's term, too many remakes? In my, in my view and opinion, I would... I would definitely say yes because the originality of uh, creating new, I'll say new stories, it sounds more intriguing than relying on uh, remakes after remake. Yeah, Monish, what do you think about that? Um, so what I think is um, just like what Terry said as well. Um, I think that these remakes and um, these sequels, prequels, remakes, all these things are like very overused by Hollywood. Of course, remakes are also a flip of a coin. Sometimes you get a good one, sometimes you don't get a great one. Um, and then of course, sequels, I think, uh, are part of the basic film um, basic film infrastructure now, you know? It's like they have, like every film has a sequel, especially a good film, because people want to see more of that character, more of that film. Prequels, on the other hand, I feel are a bit of an afterthought most of the time. There's just another way to make money. Like, you look at how the Fast and Furious has been going on since God knows how long. Yeah. Now they've got sequels, prequels, spin-offs that nobody asks for, but apparently we still pay for. So, like, that's an example of how sometimes things can go on for too long. You know? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And... Um... You know, sequels, prequels, spin-off, reimagining, however they can sugarcoat it. But I feel like this is a huge ploy to make cash out of proven commodities. Do you guys agree with that? And how do you see it's happening? Like, how it impacts cinema? So, I think, yes, uh, huge commodities and um, making cash out of them is quite normal in the sense of, uh, like, it's, it's if it's popular why not we make more? Like, that's the basic business mindset because like you do not, film is a business. Um, now, whether or not it's needed, uh, that's that's a different question because sometimes you don't need 10 films. You know, maybe a trilogy is nice, a quadrilogy also is acceptable depending on what film that is. Um, like, you look at, for example, John Wick. John Wick has four films now. Supposedly, there's going to be a fifth one as well. Now, John Wick has the potential to become a tired franchise but it keeps it keeps um, improving with every film. There are very adjustable improvements that you see, and it is worth your time because of the fact that you have so much um, improvement in each film. And John Wick, John Wick One was a great origin story, but John Wick Four might be one of the best action films ever made. So there is a good potential there for a fifth film. There's a good precedent as well. But I think personally, how they ended John Wick Four, I think they should leave it that way. That's just my opinion, but. You know, if they make a good fifth film, I guess I'll live with it. Terry, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? I think as well, uh, it really determines on a lot about 
what the fans want and uh, if if it, if it will work because uh, if it's something that is not what a consumer would probably buy and in the sense going to the cinema to watch I don't see it being something that can be that can be milked out of yeah but uh, if I were to say creating films can be if creating more films more than one films and making it like what 10 as what Monisha said earlier uh, it, it definitely is feel like it is getting milked milked to like the brim of it to the end of it and yeah yeah well my next question here is do you guys believe like due to this big studios are putting their banks behind all these proven commodities it will be a detriment to independent films yeah what do you think about that Anish? um yeah well the thing is i think um big studios of course will put their money behind these proven commodities they make money it makes sense to put money behind them but of course studios were in the first in in the majority of studios they were created to give all films a chance. Yeah. Indie films are what our current um, blockbuster films are made from. Yes. So if you look at these films, these films are very... Um, these films are like uh, have the potential to become different types of blockbusters. But if you don't give them the opportunity, the chance to at least have a bigger stage, then you lose out. At the end of the day, you'll get another Fast and Furious um ripoff series you'll get some other action series that looks very similar to John Wick I wonder why and not to say that these are bad but at the same time you're getting more of the same thing why would you pay more money for that right but then if you look at independent films I think studios that you need to look at if you want to see good independent films would be A24 they do great independent films they are doing the work that studios like Warner Brothers and other studios um, Apple and uh, Paramount, etc., should be doing. They are giving these kind of films that we call weird a chance, you know. And I, I will say that some of these films are quite weird, and whether or not we should see them on the big screen or over and over, that's debatable. Fair enough. But then there are some other films that do have great franchise potential that just would be missed if they don't have um, people to help them have a bigger voice in the industry. Yeah. Do you believe like this new modern age of studio-centric films are demeaning the director-centric works in a sense like uh, let's say if a movie is coming out of in Marvel, it's a Marvel film no matter who's directing it, right? So do you think it's impacting the director-centric works? Well, I think impacting is a strong word. Sometimes some studios can destroy director's works. Like you look at David Finch's first film. His first film was Alien 3. Now, that was an absolute treat for the eyes. <laughs> that was a absolute treat for the eyes. And I think, you know, he, he himself was quoted as saying he was ritualistically sodomized by the people at the studio. They kept giving him demands. They kept telling him to change this, change that. And, you know, his entire voice was obliterated, you know. But then after that, he makes other films and now we know him as a, as a great Taiko director we know him as. But other than that, it's more of like, you know, um, very studio-centric films tend to not work in that way. 
but I will also use Marvel as an example. Now, there are certain directors in Marvel that are hired just to be hired guns. They are not. They, there's no individual style. I'm, you know, like it's not a bad thing necessarily. I'm just saying that there's no individual style, right? But if you look at directors like James Gunn, Taika Waititi, these guys have individual style. There is no doubt, right? Yeah. Yeah. The 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 Marvel Studios cannot, uh, not cannot love, but you know they 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 are, they, tried, they, tried. they tried, but you know they cannot love. You know, um, James Gunn and, and Taika Waititi are better for better or worse. They are themselves, right? Now the, this is this is actually a great example because I'm quite happy to talk about this part because um, now we'll leave James Gunn aside, but Taika Waititi is a perfect example for this. He demonstrates the real necessity for studio uh, for studios to go back and forth with the director over concepts because when he did his first Marvel film Thor Ragnarok, the film was great. It's easily the best in the Thor trilogy in my opinion, um, and. I think Taika Waititi took a huge risk in terms of comedifying Thor because the first two were very serious Thors and you know it's all very mythological and all this kind of thing and it had the studio control behind it so he, he was making his first film so there was much more of a there was slightly less freedom he wasn't restricted but there was slightly less freedom people uh, he like he was told you make this 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 and this and that's it right but then when you have something like Thor Love and Thunder which unfortunately might be one of the worst things in um, his uh, in one of his in might want to be the worst films in the Thor in the four Thor films that are made, yeah. right? Um, this is this is literally why a studio shouldn't give a director like Taika Waititi too much room to breathe <laughs> because he literally just made a joke out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> there was. There was no plot in my mind. There was no direction. I don't know where they were going, and I feel like the whole thing was like a, like you know, it was like I'm just watching like some random memory, <laughs> you know, uh, of something, and it just had, it, it, it felt like he was he decided to go out on a film set and treat it like his playground, which is fine to be honest, but this is going a bit too far. The studio needed to have kept a bit more of an eye on him, right? Now that's the issue. That's the those are the two sides of the coin, right? But then uh, Taika Waititi has also been quoted to, to say that he makes studio he, he makes uh, superhero films um, to piss off superhero fans. So with a mindset like that, I guess he achieved what he needed to do with Thor: Love and Thunder. Wow, that's a well thought out answer, Monish. You guys, you both of you guys have been a great guest here. Your wisdom was fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing it with all of us. And uh, due to time constraint, that we need to stop it here right now. However, if the stars align in the future, we may talk again. Until then, I'm Lingesh Baskaran. This is New Wave Cinema. Thank you for listening. <laughs>